This podcast is brought to you with limited interruption by Rudy Luther Toyota. Whether looking for an exciting brand new Toyota, a certified pre-owned vehicle, or getting quality routine maintenance and service for your vehicle, Rudy Luther Toyota is the place to go. Rudy Luther Toyota, the southeast corner of 394 and 169 in Golden Valley. Broadcasting in the evening on WCPT 820 Chicago's Progressive Talk and in the afternoon here on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. It's the Matt McNeil Show for your Wednesday. Good to be with you today. No Stein today. I had an emergency thing, so he is off, but uh, we are with you. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205 is the phone number. Brett, how are we today? It's Matt with Brett here. I'm doing all right. What's up with Stein? Is he like stuck at a pizza ranch interviewing candidates or uh, I don't know what he's up to. Is he talking to Kirk, Kirk Cousins over at a pizza ranch? <laughs> if you're the Chicago people, Kirk, Kirk Cousins does pizza ranch commercials and he's getting no end of the grief for that. So it just, it's, it's what we do. Uh, but no, it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, yeah, he, I don't know where he's at. He's somewhere in Iowa at this point. So, you know, enjoy the corn. Uh, I guess that's uh, that's what we're really wanting to say here. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205 is the phone number. Uh, I got to tell you, I am, uh, it, it, one of the things that we're doing, and you can go to the flagship uh, station, uh, which is uh, AM 950. You go to our webpage, am950radio.com. And one of the things that you can see is we've got a calendar coming on out here. I'm very proud of it. This is my fourth calendar. I know. No, seriously, this was not a club in my bag when I started off on doing this gig. Um, it was, it was weird. We we we, had, we ended up uh, uh, in because during the pandemic, when the pandemic started in 2020, you couldn't do anything, but we could go to the parks, and we started taking pictures in parks, and we decided to start putting on a calendar. And lo and behold, the thing it 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 went it went crazy people loved them so we're doing our fourth one you can go check that out over at am950radio.com that's am950radio.com you can get that as a thank you for sponsoring the station there uh should mention uh something that's really upsetting to me andre brower has uh, passed away the uh, homicide life on the streets brett did you ever watch any of that that cop show when it was on uh, unfortunately no i did not it was the best one i've ever seen it was dark and dismal and un. It it was as good as drama gets. It really was, and you know, kind of the template. There were there there was like police shows before that, and then police shows after it, and pretty much everyone after it kind of picked up something from Homicide: Life on the Street. Uh, he of course was then then showed his amazing acting chops by being one of the funniest people. On Brooklyn Nine Nine, that was amazing. He was so good on that. As a matter of fact, I think he won two Emmys on that. Bra offered portray uh, played police officers during his career, performing both in dramatic and comedic roles. He won two Emmys from a total of eleven nominations across his career for his role roles in Homicide and a and Thief. Terry Crews, who played uh, Terry Jeffords in Brooklyn Nine Nine, paid tribute to Bra's irreplaceable talent. I'm honored to have known you, laughed with you, worked with you, and shared eight glorious years watching your irreplaceable uh, talent. Cruz posted on Instagram. This hurts. You left us too soon. You taught me so much. I will be forever grateful for the experience of knowing you. Thank you for your wisdom and advice, your kindness, and your friendship. You showed me what life 
well-lived looks like. Uh, born in Chicago, Brar uh, graduated from Stanford before attending Juilliard School of Drama. He was nominated for 11 Emmys, four, uh, including four for his role as Captain Raymond Holt in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. He won in 98 for his role in Homicide Life in the Street and 2006 for his performance in Thieves. So, no, he did not win for Brooklyn Nine-Nine. He was nominated a bunch of times. Uh, in the movie uh, Thief, uh, the TV movie there, I think he was he played the leader of a heist crew. His breakthrough came, and I forgot completely about this, 1989. His breakthrough was Glory, the Civil War movie. The one that Denzel Washington won his Oscar really? okay. on. Yeah, yeah that, I would Matthew, not have guessed that. Yeah. Matthew Broderick, him. That was his that was his debut. He played a soldier in a black union regiment in the American Civil War. Uh forget forget how good that movie is. Oh, that movie is. That movie is is phenomenal. Uh, but his son, did you go see when uh, okay, so up here just uh, just kind of regional thing. In, in Minneapolis St. Paul, there's the Guthrie Theater. They put on some great productions over there. They did uh they did uh, Hamlet. His son played Hamlet. And his son is amazingly talented, was phenomenal in the role of Hamlet. That which, I did not know either, really, yeah, because I know, yeah, we had talked about Hamlet before when it was playing around. I didn't know that was his son. That wow. was his son. Uh, so, yeah, it was, it, and, you know, he's amazing talent. He had, you know, family man. I mean, apparently, he showed up for a few of the shows here in town uh, for, for that. Um, yeah, and, of course, I don't know, what, what would I rather want to watch to tribute him? Brooklyn Nine Nine or Homicide Life in the Streets? Because Homicide Life in the Streets is just that entire cast was good. I forget Yatha Koto was in that man. He was phenomenal in that movie or in that TV show. Nah, that's a loss. That that one hurts. That one hurts. Sixty one years old. Nine five two nine four six six two zero five nine five two nine four six six two zero five. So let me get to. The main story, well, one of the main stories today, uh, have, have the Republicans uh, voted to, on a sham, investigate Biden yet? I'm going to be surprised. I'm, I'm, it, what did it take, four Republicans to default? Yeah, without and, Santos. It might be smaller than that at this point. It's not three. many. It might be three. I don't know if they're going to get this thing formalized, but uh, there are too many Republicans running around going, I have no idea what they're investigating. I mean, Republicans saying this, I have no idea what they're investigating. And unfortunately for Republicans, multiple times today, and I'll get to this here in a little bit, multiple times today, they've let the cat out of the bag that this is all about trying to get Trump to win in 2024 and, and it's all about politics. So they kind of keep letting the cat out of the bag. They're, they're, you know, letting people see, you know, the wizard behind the curtain. That's one thing. I'll get to that here in a little bit. The Supreme Court on Wednesday said it will hear an appeal that could upend hundreds of charges stemming from the Capitol riot, including against former President Donald Trump. Now, I want to make sure people are careful here because I think the Supreme Court deciding to chime in on this actually is a sign that, that, that you know, I mean, you'll get it because this is an appeal that will you know, stop some things. So let me, let me get to this here. The justices will review an appellate court ruling that revived a charge against three defendants accused of obstruction of official proceeding. The charge refers to disruption of Congress certification, Joe Biden's 2020 presidential election over Trump. That's among four counts brought against Trump in special counsel Jack Smith's case that accuses the 2024 Republican Party uh, primary frontrunner of conspiring to overturn the results of his election loss. Trump is also charged with conspiracy and obstruction of, uh, to obstruct an official proceeding. 
The court's decision to weigh in on the obstruction charge could threaten the start of the Trump trial, currently scheduled for March 4th. The justices separately are considering whether the rule quickly on Trump's claim that he can't be prosecuted for actions taken with him as his role as president. A federal judge already has rejected that argument. And someone was reading about Kavanaugh, was it, uh, you know, about five or six years ago, Kavanaugh wrote about, you know, you, you know, president has to be held accountable. Um, the obstruction charge has been brought against more than 300 defendants in a massive federal prosecution following the deadly insurrection of January 6th when a mob of Trump supporters stormed the Capitol in a bid to keep Biden, a Democrat, from taking the White House. A lower court judge had dismissed the charge against three defendants, ruling it didn't cover the conduct. U.S. District Judge Carl Nichols found that prosecutors stretch the law beyond the scope into inappropriately apply it in this case, these cases. Nichols ruled that a defendant must have taken some action with respect to a document, record, or other object to obstruct an official proceeding under the law. Now, I'm no rocket scientist, but storming the Capitol sure seems to fit the bill, per se. The Justice Department challenged that ruling. The appellate court in Washington agreed with prosecutors in April that Nichols' interpretation of the law was too limited. Other defendants, including Trump, are separately charged, uh, challenging the use of the charge. One defendant, Garrett Miller, who has since pleaded guilty to other charges, was sentenced to 38 months in prison. Miller, who is from the Dallas area, would still face prosecution on the obstruction charge. The other defendants are Joseph Fisher, who's from Boston, and Edward Jacob Lang of New York. By the way, all three of them, traitors to the country. Traitors to the country. Let's make sure we understand it. More than 1,200 people have been charged in federal crime stemming from the riot, with more than 650 defendants had pled guilty. So, um, before people doom and gloom this, like this is, oh, this is is, you know, interference. The, the true reality is that it's common and it is common for a Supreme Court if you have a court rule on something and then and of this magnitude, this is a pretty big ruling that he said, oh, you can't, you know, what was it? The, let me make sure I get the right term here. Um, the disruption of Congress certification, obstruction of an official proceeding, which they did. I mean, it, it's, I, I, I find it hilarious as judge, uh, he basically, the scope there, he didn't, it, it didn't cover their conduct. Um, that he, that Nichols ruled that defendants must have taken some action with respect to a document record or other object. I don't know how they were hitting how many cops with the uh, hockey sticks out there. I mean, that would seem to be a different object to try to storm. I mean, it's it's not like they didn't storm the Capitol, Judge. I, I don't quite understand what you're – when you disrupted the con Congress, they all fled for their lives for a reason. You know, I don't know what you thought, what you thought was going on. I mean, it sounds like a a reach. The appellate court very quickly, no, 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 this applies. You know, you, 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 once again, it's, it's kind of hard that when you argue that the obstruction of official proceeding, when you actually had them hurrying Congress people, the, the Senate leaders and the House leaders off the floor for their safety, that would apply. Now, 
does anyone think that Justice RV, Clarence Thomas, or Justin Five Star, Justice Five Star, uh, you know, Sam Alito, does anyone think they're going to vote for anything but, you know, Trump is innocent and these people were just honest Americans. You know, you, you want an RV, you've got to deliver. Okay, I mean, you want those five-star vacations. You got to deliver on the, the rulings here. I mean, that's how you get them. You're not going to get those by basically upholding the law. <laughs> oh, please. So we already know how those two clowns are going to vote. So the question is, and we also know the three Democrats are going to basically say, well, the rule of law is, yeah, they obstructed an official proceeding. So we're done with this, right? Roberts is probably going to join the, the three liberals. And then at that point, you need one of the other three. And I don't think, I honestly do not think anything will get more people up and angry at the Republicans more than this shell game of trying to find some judicial, you know, Cirque du Soleil act to basically prevent from ever seeing Trump held accountable. So I I, I think this will be probably a, a 6-3, maybe a 5-4 ruling, but I still think they'll uphold the obstruction car- charges on this. Another case, which I guarantee the Republicans are, Republican justices are going to avoid. I'll talk about that in a second. It's the Matt McNeil Show. AM 950, the Progressive Voice of Minnesota, and WCPT 820 Chicago's Progressive Talk, and the Matt McNeil Show. So one thing I want to one thing about the trying to get the dismissing the obstruction uh, the obstruction of Congress charge here. Reminder: um, the Republicans and you know we we th- this is all a game for them. They've got to figure a way to get Donald Trump off the hook. That's that's the entire concept here. And it actually, I should say, it's not just a two-pronged, it's a three-pronged attack. This is the reason why they're going after Biden right now. Not because Biden did anything, but because they're desperately trying to make it to where, well, sure, Donald Trump was impeached, but guess who else was impeached too? Uh-huh. So you might as well vote for me. I did today talk with a friend of mine. As a matter of fact, I referenced the conference, the conversation earlier this week. Where I said, you know, to, to them, I, you know, what they're trying to do is they're you're trying to find justification to continue to vote for Trump, even though down deep inside, you know, Trump is horrible. The point I made early this week was I will say something in the effect of, well, Trump is um, saying he wants to be a dictator on day one. Which he has said. Trump has, has has basically said he's he's going to drill, drill, drill. Trump has said that he will arrest his team. Has said they will arrest journalists uh, and and prosecute them. They have said they're going to open camps and and uh, and um, throw people out of the country, including people who are born here, because he doesn't like them. He has said his camp has said they are going to unleash the military on the U.S. citizens. These aren't made up things. These are things Trump or his team has said, let alone his dinner partner from last year or yesterday making the comment about wanting to execute all non-Christians in the country. You know, yeah. The thing about 
what they're trying to do is they're trying to they're trying to give themselves the thinnest veil of validation that a vote for Trump is still viable. Like I said, I've talked about this before. On one side, you have Joe Biden, who might not be your favorite hamburger, but at least at the very least, he's an Arby's beef and cheddar. Fine. Good enough. I'll eat that. Donald Trump is actual an actual crap sandwich. He is actually, you know, you know, human waste on bread. And what they've got to convince you of is you have two choices here, the human waste on bread or an Arby's beef and cheddar, which one, they're the same. They're not the same. One's food, one's not. But they, they go through these things and these justifications. And so I'll say all these things about Trump and all these realities about him, about being a, trying to be a dictator and, and unleashing the military in the country. They'll come back and said, well, Joe Biden wants to give every dollar to immigrants. No, no, he doesn't. What, where, where does that come from? You see, it's, they'll create a lie, a myth, something that's not real so that they can basically then come on back and say, well, you know, they were both bad. No, it's, 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 stop, stop, stop. <laughs> they weren't both bad. You just basically because, and I would rather you just be honest with you. I'm not going to respect you necessarily, but I'll respect you a little bit more than the continued lies. At least just have the guts to say, I don't care. I know he wants to be a dictator, but the idea of me voting for a Democrat is so infuriating that, and, and the idea of Democrats winning that I'm going to support Trump just because. Hey, I'm not going to respect you, but at least you're being honest about it as opposed to this, Joe Biden wants to sell us off for human meat parts to the alien races. The UFOs are going to come on down here and carve us up. And then followed by a Kamala Harris. You know, it's like, oh, Jesus, you guys are cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. So that's one area. There, there. That is, that's the one thing that one, one part of the Trident is them basically just trying to convince you that Joe Biden is somehow worse than Donald Trump. Not even close. Not in a million freaking years. Second of all. The second thing is what we talked about yesterday, the idea that Trump keeps trying to put out there. Reminder with Jack Smith, he's not even trying to put up a defense. His whole argument is you can't prosecute me because I was president and I have the absolute power to basically do whatever I want to in office and no one can do anything about that. Now, putting aside the fact that the Supreme Court's already ruled on this with Nixon, that no, you can't, you don't have absolute power, regardless of whether it is, don't think for one second, at least two, maybe three Republican justices on the Supreme Court will probably indeed vote to say that as, pre- and they'll try to word it like it's, 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 you know, a, you know, the most complicated, you know, word problem of all time. They'll, they'll try to say, okay, first of all, you can't apply this to any other president. This only applies to Donald Trump. And because the moon was in Sagittarius and the sun was here, he's a, you know, I don't even know what his moon sign is. I, whatever. Because, because he had chicken that day, you know, you can't hold him accountable. It's clear in the Constitution. They're going to try to put some sort of ruling 
of absurdity out there and then even make it even more absurd by saying, but this only applies to President Trump. Every other president gets held accountable. So I, there's already going to be three votes on that. Let's already, I mean, like I said, that RV that that comes with the you know conditions. Those five star hotel and, and vacation packages that Alito gets, those come with conditions. They have to rule. So right now, their their staffs are scrambling to find. As I made the point, they're going over like Vermont agrarian law from the 1800s to try to find some way they can they can basically say. You can't hold Trump accountable. That's the second point of the 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 uh, the, the trifecta, the, the tripod, yeah. trident. That's it. Right, there there was. <laughs> second point. It was one of those tries. Uh, it was. It's the second point of the trident is is just basically say he can't be held accountable. The third one is this one. So don't go after the fact that he, is he accountable or not. Go after the charges. And basically say, you can't hold him accountable because technically this didn't happen. Like I said, I don't, I don't have the slightest damn idea how in the world that judge even, you know, you know, obstructed a, a formal, you know, congressional event. I mean, clearly they did. Clearly that happened. And. You know, so, I mean, how many votes there? Like I said, I, I, I guarantee once again, Five Star and RV are going to vote. Well, you can't charge him with this crime. You can only charge him with jaywalking or something like that. My guess is Gorsuch will go along with it because he seems like a stoolie too. But would both Kavanaugh, I mean, Kavanaugh has already multiple times rule, you know, written about how you have to hold the president accountable. And I sure don't think Roberts wants his name all over this. I mean, that's, you know, he doesn't want his name on this at all. So I guarantee he's going to say, yeah, you have to hold him accountable. And I, I don't think a, 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 Amy Cohen and Brian, a, 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 a Barrett, yeah, Barrett, there it is. I don't think she's, she is well. I think she wants to avoid this. I think actually a few of these justices realize how much damage they would do to the Republican Party if they do do something like that. Let's take a break. Come back. It is the Matt McNeil Show. It is the Matt McNeil Show on your Wednesday, 952-946-6205, 952-946-6205. So I want to uh, get back to the other court case I mentioned, and I'm going, to, I'm going to go out on a limb here right now that the court Supreme Court justices outside of RV and Five Star are going to shoot this down quickly because they know if they don't, this will destroy the Republicans' chances at any kind of win in November of next year. The Supreme Court agreed on Wednesday to take up a dispute over a medication used in the most common method of abortion in the United States, its first abortion case since it overturned Roe v. Wade last year. The justices will hear appeals from the Biden administration, the maker of the drug, uh, uh, Mifepristone, asking the high court to reverse an appellate court ruling that would cut off access to the drug through the mail and impose other restrictions. Even in states where abortion remains legal, 
The restrictions include shortening the current 10 weeks to 7 weeks, the time during which mifepristone can be used during pregnancy. The nine justices did not take up a separate appeal from the abortion opponents who challenged the FDA administration's initial approval of mifepristone as safe and effective in 2000. So basically, the, the one case that would immediately have just made it completely illegal, they turned that down. So basically, the, the drug is still going to be legal. But here's where it gets interesting. You know, um, and I don't, I don't want to put this, this ruling necessarily on the same level as the Dred Scott ruling. The Dred Scott ruling was very interesting. And actually and dealt with a uh, slave, Dred Scott, who was here in Minnesota. And he had come up here with Minis- in Minnesota, which was a free state, but he was still a slave. And he sued to basically say, well, I, you know, I was in a free state. I'm free now. And basically, the Supreme Court, in one of the worst rulings ever of the Supreme Court, and there's a few that are just spectacularly bad, but this one is one of the worst ones ever. In in this ruling, they basically came back and they said, no, there is no such thing as a free state, that slavery is legal. If it's legal in the state that the person came from, then all the free states have to recognize and and support slavery within their borders, which, boom, uh, that was the, the next big sound you heard. Um, this, the, 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 the it, although, once again, I'm much more, um, you know, the, the ramifications of the Dred Scott case were much larger. It's kind of the same thing. The, the Supreme Court came down when they overturned Roe v. Wade and said, it's a state's rights issue. Fine. But... Then if, you know, and and once again, I'll take the state of Minnesota. Minnesota has legal abortion and abortion rights are protected here. Should Texas be able to tell us you can't have what is a legal product mailed to you in Minnesota? That's all of a sudden you're having other states dictate what other states can do. And once again, it's a state's rights issue. So if the Supreme Court rules in any consistency whatsoever, They'll rule basically, you know, that, you know, yeah, this is a state's rights issue. If it's a legal drug in the state, we're not going to stop it from being shipped to that state. The case will be argued in the spring decision, likely by late June, the middle of the 2024 presidential congressional campaigns. And if it doesn't go through, mind you, this will be another log to the fire of Republicans' chances to win back anything in 2024. Mifepristone, made by New York-based Danko Laboratories, is one of two drugs used in medication medication abortions, which account for more than half of all the abortions in the United States. More than 5 million people have used it since 2000. The Supreme Court overturned the constitutional right to abortion on June 2022. The ruling has led to bans on abortion in states with pregnancy in 14 states, with some exceptions, and once cardiac activity can be detected, which is around six weeks, and two others. Abortion opponents filed their challenge to Mifepristone the following November and initially won a sweeping ruling six months later, revoking the drug's approval entirely. The appeals court left intact the FDA's initial approval of Mifepristone, but it would reverse charges, uh, changes regulators made in 2016 and 2022 that uh, ease some conditions for administering the drug. So basically, the appeals court said, you know what? No, 
this drug is legal. You can have it. What they did then is they said, well, you can't, the, the changes in regulations made in 2016, 2021, they still agreed with. Now, I want to make sure I, I'm very clear here. Um, the drug is not going to be illegal because the Supreme Court has basically said we're not going to challenge that ruling. So it's going to be legal. But how how is it going to be applied? The justices blocked that ruling from taking effect while the case played out. Justices Samuel Alito and the author of last year's decision overturning Roe and Clarence Thomas said they would have allowed some restrictions to take effect while the case proceeded. Of course they did. How are they? those RVs come with the with with the terms and agreement there? I mean, come on, man. You get flown to Monaco, first class. Hotel rooms, all those buffets, man, hot girls. You think you think you're? They're not going to be an expectation of some sort of, you know, scratch my back, I scratch yours, or loofah your back. You got a loofah arm. I mean, it's it, those are nice hotel rooms. If you get those, I mean, those are the you get those really nice uh, accompaniments in the ba- in the shower area. Those are just you know, you know, top line, five star, five star, top of the line. I will say this. I think we need to put together um, some, some, uh, uh, some, you know, maybe a GoFundMe site to buy Alito and Thomas. We'll get them armbands to go to the the amusement park over at Mall of America. They can ride as many rides as they want. All you have to do is rule in one or two cases our way, okay? But hey, who doesn't like the rock bottom plunge, huh? I love it. Well, I haven't done it since the backwards, but still, you know, you know it is. Not a bad offer. Let's see if they take it. And, and I'll get you a coffee. <laughs> it's a tough offer to compete with. Uh, that's, that's a coffee and ride, you say? Uh, I'll take you I'll take you to the Barbie store, whatever that is. I don't know. I walked past it. Thank God my kids are older now, but it's something in there. It's it's pink. No, it's a it's Barbie Cafe. It's a Barbie oh, Cafe. Because yeah. Can I? I'll have I'll have a side of Ken. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what you're serving in there, but something tells me a lot of that menu comes out pink, and I don't mean like medium rare. Uh, anyway, getting back to uh, you know the two crooked justices. Hey, they said hey, you know we would put some restrictions in place while we try to frantically come up for uh, justification for the ruling we're about to make. Uh, women seeking to end pregnancies in the first 10 weeks without more invasive surgical abortion can take mifepristone along with um, misoprostol. Uh, the FDA has uh, eased the terms of mifepristone's use over the years, including allowing it to be sent through the mail in states that allow access. In its appeal, the Democratic administration said the appeals court ignored the FDA's scientific judgment Mount Mifepristone's safety and effectiveness since its approval in 2000. Lawyers for the anti-abortion medical groups and individual physicians who have challenged the use of Mifepristone have urged the Supreme Court to turn away the appeals. The modest decision below merely restores the common sense safeguards under which millions of women have taken chemical abortion drugs, wrote lawyers for the Alliance Defending Freedom, which describes itself as a Christian law firm. The lead attorney for the Supreme Court filing is Aaron Howley, the wife of Republican Senator Josh Howley of Missouri. But I'm sure, I'm sure that that didn't, have, you know, his Senate position never got it. Never had nothing to do with that at all. U.S. District Judge uh, uh, Matthew Kasmark 
an employee of President Trump in Texas initially revoked the FDA approval of Mifepristone, responding to a quick appeal, two more Trump appointees on the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals said the FDA's original approval would stand for now, but the judges uh, Oldham and Englehart said most of the rest of the ruling could take effect while the case winds through federal courts. Besides reducing the time during which the drug can be taken and halting distribution through the mail, patients who are seeking medication abortions would have to make three in-person visits with a doctor. Women also have been required to take higher dosages of the drug than the FDA says is necessary. Uh, healthcare providers have said that mifepristone is no longer available. It's too hard to obtain. They would switch to using only misoprostol, uh, which is somewhat less effective at ending pregnancies. So start doing it, you know. I mean, seriously, Republicans, start doing this. You, you, you know, it's clear. It, it doesn't matter if you're a Republican in Illinois or you're a Republican in Minnesota or you're a Republican anywhere. You can be a Republican in any state. When that clown car brigade down in Texas basically said a woman who would likely lose the ability to have any future children and there was a strong possibility she would die if she was forced to carry that that that, that uh, fetus to term. When they basically said out there, a bunch of white guys came out and said, not on our watch, You, Jesus wants you to die. I mean, that's what they were saying. And I guarantee you, if she had died, they would have blamed Jesus. They would have, not, not the fact that they themselves stopped her from getting life-saving operation, they would have blamed God and Jesus, and they would have said, you know, this is just what God wanted, her dad. Hate to tell you, kids, but God hated your mom. You know, that sort of thing. That's what they wanted. That's how they were ruling. And it ended up, this woman left the state and, and got a procedure done in another state. It has already become almost an impossible hurdle. We talked about this back on election night this year. In Virginia, that was the first attempt at the new, more moderate Republican abortion stance, that we're going to only outlaw it after 16 weeks, and, and but we even, even after that, you're going to have some caveats to allow a woman that if she wants to get the procedure done, that she would be able to get some, and they still voted it down. They still got beat in Virginia. That was their supposedly new, moderate abortion stance, and people are tired of it. They don't want to have what the Republicans are insisting they do want to have. So here you are. Now you've got, and, and you know, was it Kellyanne Conway was out there begging, begging Republicans to don't go down, don't go down the contraception route. You know, support contraception. Because right now, there are right-wing lunatics in the Republican Party in some of these states where you couldn't dig that tick out if no matter what your life depended on it. And they are frantically trying to get in front of some of these Trump-appointed judges who do not know the first thing about law, but only what they're told and how to rule, like that idiot down in Florida that's with the Mar-a-Lago documents case. And they want to. They have been told, you need to push this agenda. And right now, this is going to go to the Supreme Court. I think this is going to the Supreme Court because I think the Supreme Court wants to say to the Republicans, are you crazy? 
you haven't you're not going to win elections as it is right now for the next probably two or three election cycles and now you want to double down on this now you want to do this i think the republican i think the the supreme court republican supreme court justices are desperately trying to get in the way of the republicans at this point because they know that alito and thomas aren't going to last forever that roberts is is getting old and they know right there that becomes a 6-3 court and i have zero doubt that that Right now, the far right fundament, the fundamentalist groups that basically keep buying Alito and Thomas all this extra gear in return for rulings, that I, I guarantee you that they're trying to find the Darth Vader life extension egg from Empire Strikes Back to put Thomas and Alito in for as long as they need to to prevent them from ever having to leave. They're going to do that Futurama head in a jar thing. And that's, that's what they're going to be. I guarantee, I guarantee you they're going to be trying to do that. But the reality is, is eventually those two guys are going to get replaced. And right now, you guys aren't doing yourself any favors to get any kind of majority or presidency in any time in the next decade. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. It is the Matt McNeil Show. It is the Matt McNeil Show on your Wednesday. 952-946-6205 is the phone number. You know, um, the uh, uh, there is nothing more predictable than far-right extremists having their true nature exposed. There is just nothing more predictable than this. Sometimes it's freaking tragic. You know, you find out of of the crimes that they have been committing and stuff like this. Sometimes you just find out that they're, you know, they, they're just in denial about who they are. But it never ceases to amaze me the amount of Republicans who will rail against something and then you find out the truth. Speaking of which, let's go to Florida. The co-founder of the conservative extremist group's Mums for Liberty has refused to resign from her position at a Florida school board in spite of an active rape investigation into her husband. Bridget Zeigler refused to step down from her position at the Sarasota school board despite the board taking the rare step of calling for her resignation in a four-to-one vote. Last month, Zeigler's husband, Florida GOP chair, chair, the chair of the GOP in Florida, Christian Zeigler, funny story, not so much, uh, was accused of sexually assaulting a woman. Bridget Zeigler, who has not been accused of having done anything illegal, was defiant in her refusal to step down from the school board, a position she's held for nine years, the New York Times reported. Reminder that Moms for Liberty is a hate group. It is a hate group. They are out there specifically targeting the LGBTQ population, transgender population. They are trying to do book bans. They're going after teachers. They want those people reined in. They're they're the ultimate Karens, you know, that sort of thing. And and by the way, if your name is Karen, apologies. Hmm. Anyway, but the 
this is this is a hate group. And as a matter of fact, there was there have been two cases in the last few months. I had someone ask me right before the election, say, Matt, why do you rail against Moms Against Liberty? They just want to, you know, make sure certain books aren't in schools. I said, did you see the Indiana chapter quote Hitler? <laughs> that was they quoted Hitler. Hitler. Yes, that Hitler. Not Phil Hitler. No, that Hitler. They quoted him. And then when they were called out on that, they defended quoting Hitler. Then there was a private Moms for Liberty face group chat where they wanted to do a fundraiser for like Toys for Tots, only it was for white kids only because the woman, the, the Moms for Liberty group was insisting that somehow that when you make a donation to like Toys for Tots or something like this, that all goes to only minority kids. I think we should help white kids. Yeah, they did that. Truly horrible human beings, just really across the board. So does anyone surprise, I'll tell you what, let me get to the rest of the story here and we'll talk about bridge here in just a second. Uh, I am disappointed. She said on Tuesday, I serve on another public board and this issue did not come up and we were able to forge ahead with a business on the board. Well, did the other board want to watch? Never mind. No, I just, I, I don't, I, you, you've got your own issues there, bridge. The school board has no legal authority to remove Ziegler. The Sarasota police department opened up an investigation into Christian Ziegler in November her husband, after a woman accused him of rape, the accuser told police that she and both uh, Ziegler's, Ziegler's had, is that what the kids are calling it today? Uh, she and both Ziegler's had previously engaged with consensual sex with each other. That's right. Freeways. Yeah, because that's, you know, Adam, Eve, and, uh, and you know, her. Uh, you know, that's, that's, that's biblical. Actually, it is kind of biblical. Never mind. They had, they'd had three ways with each other. Here's what happened. Apparently, there was going to be an October rendezvous. This woman uh, had basically had said that when um, the Bridget couldn't show up, that basically she was calling it off for the day, and Christian didn't want to hear anything of it, and then apparently sexually assaulted her, raped her by, by Christian. The chair of the GOP... In Florida, the chair of the GOP, mind you, he raped her because she basically said no, that she didn't feel comfortable in a, a three-way relationship. A search warrant uh, affili- uh, affidavit obtained by the Orlando Sentinel says that Christian Ziegler showed up to the woman's home and then sexually assaulted her. The victim says Christian did not wear, well, I should, it's it just, um, yeah, I'm gonna. We'll we'll just get, we'll just pass by some of the details here. <laughs> I got a little caught off guard by that. He didn't wear. Whoa. Okay. We don't need to go there. Kids, when but they're a Christian group, though, it couldn't did, be anything that bad in there, could it? Yes. It. It's. It's. Yeah. Ah. It's. It's more just a instructional video. I. I just don't. I want to. I want to be careful here. Christian Ziegler is denied wrongdoing, claiming the encounter was consensual. He was seen on surveillance camera entering and leaving the women's complex, according to the affidavit. The allegations have rocked the GOP with Florida Governor John DeSantis calling on Ziegler to resign from his position and chair the Florida GOP uh, as chair of the Florida GOP Republican Party. I don't see how he can continue with that investigation going on, given the gravity of those situations. 
I did think that he should step aside, said Ron DeSantis. And when you talk about stepping, boy, nobody does it more beautifully than Ron DeSantis in those knee-high white boots. Sorry. <laughs> he wore them. <laughs> Thanks, Nancy Sinatra. Bridget Ziegler, co-founder of the group Moms for Liberty, which has uh, pushed anti-LGBT agendas and worked to re- remove books from school classrooms that have themes of racial justice and acceptance in the LGBTQ plus community. Now, I'm going to say two things. And first of all, obviously, this is this is not consensual. What happened, what Christian did, what her husband did is inexcusable, innocent until proven guilty, have a tri- day in court, all that good stuff. But it seems like there's pretty much there is some substantial evidence here of the rape. And even when Ron DeSantis jumps off your bandwagon, and lands perfectly in those knee-high white boots. I mean, it's just, it, you you really can see that they're turning on him. It's Bridget, though, that I want to just a quick thing here. It's like, okay, so Bridget, you're the one that basically is against, you know, different kind of sexual relationships. I don't have any problem. If, if people are comfortable, it's legal, you know, you, you want to do that and everyone's consensual, knock yourself out. You want to do that, you can do that. But then don't try to act like you are somehow not a massive freaking hypocrite. Now, once again, that, just having that, that's one thing. What Christian did then, that takes it to a different level. Uh, Chicago, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Minneapolis-St. Paul, hour two up next. Hour number two of the show here on your Wednesday. Matt, Brett... Anita, (laughs) who is that you say? Anita Gall has got enough to join us. We have had her on the air a few times here with the flag and um, seal con. I don't. It's not a contest. It's 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 it's. Go right ahead. What's the right term I should use? It is not a contest, right? It is a selection process. A selection process. Redesign process. It's a re. And it did need to be redesigned. Uh, it did need to be redesigned. I want to, it, it, Anita Gall joining us, of course, DFLer, a Lyon County, chair of the Lyon County DFL. There you go. Uh, successful and world-renowned <laughs> history professor. You're lucky I did not snort louder <laughs> than that. World-renowned. World-renowned. Think, like, in, think into jokes. Empress of the universe, whatever. You want to add some more to Think that? to Vinci yeah. Code. That's what, <laughs> she traveled in the world. She knows her history. Uh, she she became part of this uh, this yeah, this approval process. You we have a few things we have to discuss about some of the early stages because we didn't have that there. Number one, how many purple flags were submitted? <gasps> You're right. We have to come back to it. Yes. Okay, I'm going to tell you that I I'd, I had to go through 2,100 entries. Yeah. Matt, and <laughs> and I was just trying to keep track of the ones that I thought should advance to the next round, and and I failed to actually keep the tally count of how many had purple on, but it was way fewer than I thought. I'm pretty sure you won that. Uh, I, I, you won. I, well, thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you, ladies and gentlemen. And with that, I, by the way, she's brought yes. me a – your prize. Oh, it is a, a, a jar of the beautiful honey. Yeah. Oh, it's the best. It's the best. We, you got to let me know if I can ever say that. Where do you get this from uh, out there? I'll, so, I'll just say it's from my brother's farm at this point. It's yeah, from the family I, farm. So the honey production has been very plentiful this year. So he is just brimming with jars of honey. So <laughs> I do my best to distribute them to you metro folk who don't know what real honey tastes like. Well, I, this is, I, you get brought me a jar like this once before. I went through that in about a week. It's, a week? Yeah, well, 
it was. I mean, you must be a copious honey eater. <laughs> wow, my goodness. <laughs> you know, I won a bet once in college, and and now and needless to say, it, 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 it. Well, never mind. Uh, you go through the flags. I want. Let's go to the seal. Let's kind of because the seal is pretty much done. It sounds like exceptional. I could not. You know. You know. No notes. You guys. I mean, it, but it was kind of. I hate saying it, and nothing against the fine people that did these seals. That seal you guys picked was just hands down better than any other seal I saw. And I th- was that kind of the way it was for you guys? It just like, yeah, yeah, sure, we'll, we'll narrow it down to five, but, you know, it's, it, there's one and then there's the other four. That's pretty much how it's always been. It's been the clear favorite from the beginning, from the time when the commission, you know, brought it into the, the top five, our five finalists. Mm-hmm. We had to vote. It had 12 out of 12 votes it was unanimous to advance it to the top five and then when it came time to select the one to move forward you know hearing the public feedback reading the public feedback that they left on on our commission website it was so hands down obvious yeah we, we, we get us got to the point like why are we even messing was, around anymore let's it just was select this one yeah. you did now and i want to make sure we talk about the process a little bit here because you did revise that a little bit um, and you, you gave the loon red eyes, yes! no, but not laser eyes before, no. before hipsters stop, stop it. Hipsters. You guys have been Northeast Minneapolis. Stop. It's not laser eyes. It's just red. <laughs> got to get those guys. Got to keep those hipsters in line. Um, uh, they put red, la- red eyes on it and then they put a native American term on that. Correct. Yes. We added the words. The Dakota word, Minnesota Makoche, mm. which is simply the original language of the name of our state, Minnesota Makoche, the land where the sky reflects the waters. This is me saying it, not you. How many Republicans have complained about that? Oh, never mind. Never mind. Never mind. I don't want to. I remember the whole thing with Fort Snelling and, yeah, Bedote. Oh, yes. What a travesty. Anyway, that, that's just me. I'm not going to go down. I, I, you don't. You you stay clean. You stay. I'll be over here with my honey. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I just want to say for, you know, people who, who might find that questionable, uh, that word, the Dakota word has always been on the seal. Yeah. Minnesota. Yes. That's What's, it that is a Dakota or the name of our state is a Dakota word. So yeah. it has always been on our seal. It's just the anglicized version of it. Now we are simply just rendering it in its original language and in the anglicized version. Think of it like New York, New York. Right? Yeah. That is a place so nice they named it twice. Ah, uh, well. Minnesota is so nice. We name it twice on our seal. Like I said, traveling the world with her history knowledge. Uh, <laughs> well, the same thing was Bedote, which uh, you know, when they all got upset about calling the Fort Snelling area Bedote, it's like, you do realize we already say Bedote. The French translated it to the English and it became Mendota. Mendota. Uh, exactly. Yep, yep, exactly. So we already say you're it. Just, you're, you're just anglicizing a Dakota word. They're everywhere. Oh, yeah. just stop. All right. So you, you got that. And now is that one done? Is that pretty much done? And there's going to be, in just for logistics, there's a colored colorized version of it and then there'll be a black and white version or a, just a, a plain version. Correct? Right. A plain version. Because think about it when, when the governor has a press conference or something, that seal is always on the front of the podium. Yeah. And it's not in color. It's in a bronzish color or yeah. whatever, a metallic color. So we just wanted to be able to see that this is what it's going to look like on front of the governor's podium. But this is what it will probably look like on, on documents or if it's rendered in color. All right. Now I'm going to take a minute or so. To praise you. And because we're going to go down a path here in just a second here. 
You know re- this makes me uncomfortable. I know. Okay? I know. You're, you're a wonderful person. I can't. I, I have such respect for you. This is feeding up the old ego because I imagine you guys, since you narrowed this down to the three finalists, you have heard some feedback that's been less than positive and in, in the results of the final three that you have put out there, correct? Uh, I'm going to say I, I added another layer of emotional armor. Uh, <laughs> and I'm ready to add yet another one after Friday when the finalist is hopefully chosen. Um, yes, um, there are people who, from the beginning, have been unhappy with the whole process. You know, people who say, why do we need a new state flag? This is a waste of time. Um, and then every step along the way, these six finalists are dumb. We don't like them. They don't represent, you know. So that there's been negativity from the beginning, but I always keep in mind it's usually the naysayers who are the loudest voices in the room, mm-hmm. right? And many people, I like to think of them as the silent majority. Are oh on, no, it's on it's board. Un, 100%. I don't I remember when MinPost stopped their comment section on their news stories, they said it was basically the same five people. No, and I and how many of those five people were the ones complaining all these flags are horrible and now you get to your final three. Well, the other three were better. You know, yeah, it's you know, you're a nice person. You don't deserve this. And especially, I'm sorry that these other people, I mean, I wish I could be this violently outraged about a flag choice. I mean, my God, I've got life to live. Uh, but at the same time, here you are, uh, you're doing this. Let's go through the three finalists here, just in the, because obviously it's radio because it's the best way to describe something uh, as opposed to showing you something. But the first one, it's uh, green on the bottom, blue on the top. It's got a big white star on it and a white line. Uh, what's the deal with that one? That was uh, so yesterday at the commission meeting, we were fortunate enough. We invited all six of the finalists of the flag designs to come in person and testify mm-hmm. and, you know, make a five minute case, you know, explain their flag, the symbolism behind it, what was the inspiration, and to basically advocate for their design. That was really helpful, mm. I would say, as a commission member to hear and see, like, put a face to a design. It was great. And and the man who designed that is a native Minnesotan, born and raised in Mankato, mm-hmm. joined the Air Force, left the state when it was in Texas. And he flew up from Texas to explain his design, came to came to St. Paul and and presented in person. And he explained that that is he was inspired by the landscape of Minnesota that represents the land mm-hmm. and the sky and the white line is simply, you know, <coughs> the horizon line mm-hmm. between them. And he emphasized the rolling hills, which coming from Mankato on the southern part of the state, that is what it's like. It's mm-hmm. rolling hills down there. And then the North Star, because we are the North Star state. Mm-hmm. Uh, it guides us. We aspire to be a leader which I would say Minnesota is in many ways. Make Minnesota bigger. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if South Dakota would want to be part of Oh, I think a lot of people in South Dakota would be like, all right, we'll move the border over this way. (laughs) There's actually a movement for the western part of the state um, to secede and join South Dakota. I know. Yeah. Oh, gosh, that will be hilarious. It will be a surprise when they cut everything down to the bone. But don't worry, we'll have all of our money here in the metro area. So, hey, good luck. Bon voyage. <laughs> Not being said, we would lose you, so that can't happen. Uh, all right, so I want to go back because this is a Texas guy. Right. How long has he lived in Texas? Oh, since. So he graduated from high school. 
uh, and then joined the Air Force and and has lived in Texas ever since. So it's been decades. So uh, what, obviously, I mean, I mean, I, I lived in Rhode, Rhode Island at some point. I could if Rhode Island did a flag, I could you know make an argument there. But it, does he come back up here regularly? Is he is he is he just or is it just he's decided to try to enter the contest? As I understand it, he does not come regularly, but he stays in touch with his high school friends. Uh, two of his Mankato high school friends joined him mm. at, at the commission. They were sitting in the audience, uh, but they were there to support him. So he he stays mm. in touch with his Minnesota roots. He considers himself, he said, a native Minnesotan. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just that you know he, he met his wife and he raised his family and all his family. Family lives in Texas, so it, he doesn't come here regularly except for high school reunions. Um, but he made he made the trek north uh, to present his design. I will bring up this other. I'm just I'm just being counterpoint, not in an aggressive way, but just to, to things. Not water though is not. I mean, obviously that's one of the things. And even in the farm country, the rivers, the creeks, the lakes, there's still tons of them out there. Was there ever a concern that the fact that water wasn't represented in the flag when, when the commission was talking about this? Well, you know, there is blue on it, and you can see the blue as sky, or yeah. you can see interpret the blue as, you know, emphasizing we are the land of 10,000 lakes. Okay. So, you know, the beautiful thing about Matt is you can sometimes see what you want to see, right? Different people see different things in flags. So where you, you want it to be sky? Okay, sky. I've, I've been or, on Twitter. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've been on Twitter. All right. Second flag. This is it's it's got three colors, uh, top to bottom: white, green, blue, and a light blue. The left side of the flag is kind of a nouveau Art Deco, maybe kind of version of the state of Minnesota in a dark blue, with a very different variant of the North Star on that side. Talk a little bit about that one. That one uh, is actually designed by a. Uh, person from Laverne okay. in my area of the woods. It's, just, it's a remarkable coincidence. So he's from the very southwest corner of the state. Um, and in his design, he he presented that, again, he believes the North Star is important, but he has the three bars to represent. Again, he was inspired by the landscape of southern Minnesota. So the green line represents green, agriculture, the land. Uh, the white represents snow or clouds. And then the light blue is the sky or water. Mm-hmm. Um, we have talked as a commission about moving around those lines to put the white in the middle because white on the top, sometimes, you know, it doesn't have an edge. Yeah. You know, it, that makes sense. It actually. doesn't have an edge. And so we have really considered so moving go, that around. Like light blue, white, green would right. be the, the line up there. Right. Uh, what about the, the, the darker blue on the left side? Is there any significance there? Land of 10,000 lakes. He was inspired again by our water. Okay. So, so that's where the dark blue comes from. We have briefly discussed as a commission, mm, should we change that to green to represent the land? But it, I don't know. It, it did, we looked at a variation of that, but it didn't seem right. Okay. So, um, contrary, and once again, the Art Deco version of the state on the left side of the flag does look like a large letter K. Now, it. I mean, you know, I, I, I'm sorry I, you can't see it, Matt. You need more imagination. <laughs> I love how this becomes about me. <laughs> would, would there be like a, a little addition on the top of the flag for Angle Inlet up there? You know, it's, like, it's like, oh, we got ding. There it is. Like, it's like a little magic wand. All right. I will say that I'm not the only one that brought that up. I said someone else brought that up about that one. That being said, you know, once again, finding out the story behind those flags is a very helpful thing. Then mm-hmm. comes the third one. 
This one, I of all the three of these, this is one that I've gotten a lot of positive about because uh, I think because it is kind of unique. I, I don't think I've ever seen any flag. This is best way to describe it. Okay, the whole back of the flag is dark blue. There's light blue on the bottom, which is in a wave form, which then mirrors a white wave atop of it that kind of goes off to the the upper right of the corner, and then there's a yellow star on the left. Talk a little bit about that one. Now, you're, you're absolutely right. This is the most distinctive of the three. The other two look, well, they look flaggy. Yes. Right? As some of my students have said, well, they look so flaggy. Right? Mm. They do. <laughs> well, that's a good way to say it, yeah, though. It is a good way to say it, though. They're standard flag looking. But this one is unique and distinctive. There mm. is no other state that has a flag like this. You know, you could say ones that have a star on. Well, a lot of state flags have stars on. A lot of country flags have stars on. But this one has not only that star, but those swooshes, right? And so it makes it distinctive. And now to be a contrarian to myself, I guess, um, since I'll take the rollover from you, right? Um, People have criticized it for being too modern looking. You know, will this age well? Did right? They, did they do that in 1858 when they're like, well, look at that modern flag over there. <laughs> it's like it's with a circle and lots of words and minute details right. this, in it. This new U.S. flag, these colonies <laughs> How many stars country? are you going to put like, on that? What is yeah. this flag? It looks so modern. Yeah. <laughs> I think it does look unique. Um, I like how, I mean, it, I'm, I'm presuming the white is for the sky. The blue is for the rivers, creeks, waters, lakeways. Dark blue as well can back that up. And then the North Star once again in that. Is that how the, the artist described it to you? There's actually many layers of, of yeah. symbolism on this one. Um, and the more you look at it, the more you see. Uh, so the two, the two, uh, the white swoosh and, and the blue swoosh are, it's Minnesota Makoche. It is Land where the water reflects the sky. Mm-hmm. You see that? That's why it's called okay. mirror in the sky. It is mirroring uh, as is above, so is below, right? Um, some people see loons. I, well, Do you, you see you, loons? I see, well, <laughs> everywhere I go. But you know, I will say a loons or a mallard. I mean, definitely you see a, almost like a bird structure there, which I also think is great. I love when you kind of kind of have that multiple layer. Yeah, it, like it's a multi-layered of. Uh, flag regarding some symbolism mm-hmm. um some people see aurora borealis yeah I, I very easily could see that there is there a significance because both of the waves come bend to three different things three branches is there something to that as well i have no i the the finalists who presented and it's a father-son team mm-hmm. uh, who worked together to create this uh the father was a former astronomy teacher and the son was a graphic who works in graphic design it, it was it was great they were both there at the meeting um, and they did not say anything about the significance of those three lines mm-hmm. at all. They said the, the loon imagery that people are seeing, that was just oh. that wasn't their intention from the start. But pe- again, people see things in different ways. Yeah. People have different, you know, I see something that you don't see. You see something, you see something that I don't see. And people saw loons. I, maybe people were just so wishful thinking that <laughs> we want a loon on the flag. That well, they, they saw like, loons in they it. La- don't yeah. go, let's, let's go back down to the laser loon thing. <laughs> uh, I will say of the three, that's my favorite. Of, of okay. the three that have been selected, that is my favorite. Because it is so different. It would be mm-hmm. if you are wearing a shirt like that in California most people would eventually figure out, oh, that's a Minnesota flag. And I could see other states trying to copy it on this. Now, let's talk about one particular flag, which I don't know if I was just in a bubble 
or if there was Olympic, you know, host city kind of hijinks going on with your commission. <laughs> Sorry. But the star snowflake flag, blue had a snowflake star. I, I, that, that was my absolute favorite of the final six. Pretty much everyone I knew thought it was one or two on the list. This, by the way, the, the wave one was the other one that was, these are the two that were really kind of the more popular ones that I saw. I was somewhat stunned when that flag wasn't included in there. Now, the question is, am I in a bubble? Just did I know the people that, you know, that that was resonating with and a lot of other people it wasn't resonating with? Or is it a case where, I mean, I don't know how the process went and I don't know how much you can share per se of the commission, but, you know, like when you have a host city and it's like, okay, Prague's going to get the Olympics. And well, we don't want Prague because we want to get it. So we got to get Prague out of the way. So you work with others, you know, kind of to knock a, a city out of contention in the Olympics. Was there anything like that where people are like, you know, I, I just, because Mary Franson was talking about that flag in a very derogatory term, calling the entire state a bunch of snowflakes, which, you know, that's a, you know, feel good about voting for her again, Republicans. That being said, it, it just was, was there... Was there an element that was working against that one, or is I'm just it was never really a front runner in the first place? You know, there was to be honest, there was no politicking between okay. us commission members where we were lobbying. You know, I need you to vote for the snowflake flag. You know, this behind the scenes working deals. I, 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 there, there wasn't any of that happening. Okay. We were we were given six stickers. Okay, and each of the six finalists were on boards. Hmm. And to start narrowing down, we did basically rank choice voting mm -hmm. where we could take those six stickers. We could put all six behind, you know, put our full weight behind one choice. We could split them up between different, you know, I want this one and this one, three and three. You know, you could split them any way you wanted to. Okay. And we do that. So we physically get up and put those stickers on, but we put them on the reverse. So we can't see how many people are voting for that particular design. Okay. So we're not swayed. We're like, oh, I don't know. I got this one sticker left. Everybody else seems to be voting for Snowflake. I guess I better too, right? Okay. So no peer pressure, no politicking. And, and we voted. We w took our dinner break. We came back, and they, they showed us the results. And Snowflake wasn't in top three. Yeah. And to be honest, I was surprised, too. Because mm -hmm. in the previous, to get to the final six, it had been one of the top contenders. I, I know you. it's not political, but I do wonder, because Republicans, were, there were multiple Republicans who say, you're putting a snowflake on there, and they have turned that term into a negative connotation. I wonder if there was people that were trying to shy away from that, because I, I thought that was the front runner uh, on a lot of these cases. I will say this. I am in a bubble, too. You know, sometimes you are convinced of something, and then all of a sudden you come to the reality. Can you share with me of the three flags that we you got left, which was the top vote getter by the, the commission? Can you or not? Uh, or would you rather not to? In, no, in it's it's public. Um, I'm, I'm sure you just watch the, you know, all of our commission meetings are recorded, are okay. open, open meeting laws, um, and, and it was never a secret. The top one was... 1953, which is the stylized Minnesota, the K, which you insist on seeing, mm. right? Um, but it's the one with the stylized Minnesota. And but and, it was it was it was close. You know, it wasn't a clear, far and away favorite by the commission. The top three were all very 
close. In well, and and then of course, obviously, now that you've gotten rid of three, those votes will go to something else, and so it's. It, right. it, and I'm presuming there wasn't one, all, as you said, all these were close. That there was you know, a few votes, one or two this way or that way. It really wasn't. It wasn't. No, there, no, was, there wasn't a, there a was one no limping in far and away winner. <laughs> I mean, they were all fairly within a few votes of each other. Okay, but we had we decided like we're just going to work with the top three. All right, we we. We can't keep dealing with six. There's just two, you know, we have to narrow down. That's our that's our job. So you've got so the process here. Friday you're picking the one that's gonna be the the we wanna be careful here because it's not going to necessarily be the winner, but it's the one that you've chosen to try to work with to try to get a winner out of, correct? Right, right. So Friday we come together again to try winnow down these three to the finalists Mm -hmm. because even these three people wanted to see modifications like well what if we change the star Mm -hmm. or like on the the minnesota stylized minnesota flag moving the the stripes so Mm -hmm. that it's a blue on top right so we're considering like in a sense reconsidering them with all the different modifications and hopefully we'll come to the one finalist which we remain you know we have the opportunity to still tweak yet Right. We still want to see this one, but change the star, change that shade of blue Mm -hmm. or something like that. But that's the goal. And if, you know, if we can't do it Friday, we'll come together again. Because you have to have it done by January 1st. January 1 is a hard deadline. Um, Would you take I thought there was a discussion about this with a seal. Could you take some an element from a previous flag and apply it to one of these flags? Or is it just basically it's going to be if there's going to be tweaks of that nature, Say, say the star you like to star on one of the other ones better than the star that's on this one. Yes, yes. Could you change, would that be something you would, if, if the commission said, you know, let's change this, would that be something they would do, bringing a, a different version of the star from another flag onto that's that? That's absolutely what we're doing right okay. now. So, so, for example, this uh, K, Minnesota, now you have me saying K looking. I no, am a jackass. Stop I it. am a jackass. Right. The stylized <laughs> Minnesota flag, 1953, we wanted to see it with the star from the the eight pointed star from some of the the finalists that fell out uh-huh. from the three winners that ones that didn't advance. So we're going to be looking on Friday at okay, take this flag but add the star from, you know, the other one that we already rejected. We like that star. We just didn't like it on that flag, and on that design. And, and you're going to be doing this with all three of the flags. Yeah, be, and we're yeah, doing all three. So basically we're lo- going to be looking at like, you know, 50, 60 more flag designs on Friday because it's these three, but all the different, you know, versions and tweaks that we wanted to see on them. I'm going to open it, my mouth and I, you can tell me to shut up. Yeah. Uh, it would be pretty par for the course, actually. If you took the star snowflake and you put it on that wave one... I think you would have just a monster. Mm, and th- I, that I star's th- still in the running. Th- that's I would th- like you to know the snowflake star, starflake or whatever it's called, right? It's it's still starflake. Starflake. <laughs> that's my space name. <laughs> uh, okay, good, good. That's that star is actually in the running yet, and we wanted to see it on these different flags. Okay. So it, it's not gone forever. Don't start crying, you know, crying in your soup, Matt, because you could still crying see the starflake. Crying, uh, crying in my honey. Crying in your honey. Crying in my honey. No, uh, I I think that if you had the wave one and you put that there i just but that's me and once again i think we've proven i'm not exactly got fingers on the pulse of all this so <laughs> it's like and you think it's a k and not stylized minnesota so i don't know if i trust your eyes matt okay i know the <laughs> alphabet <laughs> unless they've changed something and i haven't seen it <laughs> okay Mavity. maybe i don't trust your imagination yes yeah 
Uh, fantastic. Okay, I'm sorry you guys have had to deal, all of you guys have had to deal with, you know, bitter, angry people that are looking for some way to vent in their life. I apologize about this. I see the work you're putting in here. I see the effort you're putting in here. And to the whole commission, I think you guys are doing a pretty good job here. And with, like I said, if you, you know, the, the seal was fantastic. You guys nailed it there. This one, I'm, I have zero doubt you're going to be able to find a, a quality contender out of this. Once you once you design the flag, what's the you know you will have to meet one or two more times then with the final variations of it. Probably, I'm guessing there'll be final little tweaks that we got to talk about, just like we did with the seal. Okay. So I I figure like this is gonna we're gonna be meeting till someone suggested well maybe we should meet the day after Christmas you know to finalize everything hey, like, good idea good idea we'll see, I'll see you out two days later yeah <laughs> it's like we'll take Christmas off but maybe we should meet on Boxing Day the 26th and I'm like oh okay I guess uh, I'll try to keep that day clear <laughs> there's other days that week you know we could go the 27th 28th those are open too yeah. uh, all my best on the final decision here thank you very much for coming on and clarifying all this and explaining all this that is very nice of you Thank you very much for the honey. You're and welcome. you are fantastic. I, I am such a big fan. And like I said, we're, we're by the way, I just want to do a quick little preview of this. Uh, for one of the holiday interviews, Anita and I talked, and she gives a very good breakdown of some of the things that the DFL should be paying attention to and approaches they should take in winning in out or at least competing in better in outstate Minnesota. And uh, and and we, if you're that was going to be one of the holiday interviews, we've already recorded it. It's it's going to be fantastic. Uh, so I'll make sure everyone knows when that holiday interview will air. Anita Gall, thank you very much. Thank you very much for the time. I appreciate it. And thanks for coming into the studio. No problem. Hey, I was in the Metro anyway. Might as well make a day of it. Yeah, yeah beautiful. <laughs> we'll take a break. Come on back. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950. AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, the Matt McNeil Show. God, I love talking to Anita Gall. She is just a fun conversation. And I, I think we just did, I mean, outside of watching the actual commission hearings themselves, we did probably the best breakdown we could have done on these flags. And the reality is when you hear about them, and there always is something. I mean, I I remember one time I changed the 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 image on my Facebook page uh, to the one it is now, which is the, from the monument of FDR over in Washington, DC, you know, it's, it's not, you know, it's that phrase from FDR. And I can remember, it's like, why would you change it to that? <laughs> Come on. Calm the blank down. Seriously, get cable. You'll enjoy it. Trust me. Find a hobby. I'm still angry about that. Are, is, it was me. No. <laughs> uh, you know, you don't take it out on the commission. They're doing the, they're they're doing, I think, a fine job. And every commission is only one vote. And so you don't know if you're going after a commissioner, you don't know if that commissioner actually agreed with you and agreed with your point of view. And, you know, so just stop. I think they've done a fine job. I would say this, that wave one with the snowflake star on it, <laughs> this Starflake, Starflake, that is going to be my space odyssey. Uh, the Starflake, if you did that, my gosh, that would be, that would be a popular 
that flag. That would be a popular flag. It's like, you, you know, I think about certain flags and you see them and they actually kind of evolve past the flag and become kind of iconic. I think Colorado is probably one of the most iconic ones of those. That Colorado flag, that C, they've, they've done a lot with that. And yeah, some of the, some of the ones were, were kitschy laser loons. Come on. You had to pull some of that stuff. And I get that there are some people out there that wish well, we should have been able to do it. No, no you, you can only do so much. You can only do so much. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205 is the phone number. Some other stories for you today. What is with people trying to kidnap freaking dogs, man? Stop it. A Minneapolis man is accused of stealing five French bulldog puppies and holding them ransom early this month. Does, does he understand that the mother dog doesn't have any money? <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> you bring all your milk bones over here right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, they're actually the they're blackmailing the uh, bribing the uh, owner. Criminal child charges filed in Goodhue County allows that uh, alleged that 27 year old Mikkel D. Patton stole the puppies from an acquaintance home in Cannon Falls where the, he'd been staying. The criminal complaint alleges Patton is now holding the puppies ransom for twenty thousand dollars, which he claims the dog dog's owner owes him. Police were called to the residence in Cannon Court in Cannon Falls in the afternoon of December 2nd. The woman reporting her puppies, each estimated to be worth $15,000. I mean, they're cute, but 15 grand cute? Are these like designer dogs or I don't 15 know. grand? That's that's steep. Yeah, that is, that is, I, I'm going to be concerned my dog would not have any time for me if I paid for that. It's like, <laughs> you're beneath me as an owner. All right, sorry. The Dyna guy might be a better owner for that dog for a fifteen grand dog. A yeah. Dyna guy might be showing up to talk about this in a little bit here. We might have to. We might have a Dyna guy stopping by today. Uh, basically, they were stolen while she slept. The victim said he she allowed Pat to stay at her home for a couple of nights due to having nowhere else to stay. The charges said he offered to help her care for the puppies, and she accepted. The woman told investigators Patton woke up in the morning of the alleged theft around 9 a.m., went to the room where the puppies were located. Charges state the woman believed he was going to be there to care for them, but she later discovered Patton had the puppies were gone. Patton is accused of emptying his backpack and putting his puppies in the bag. Yikes. The victim told police that the five puppies, which were described as platinum French bulldogs known as fluffies. Okay. I'll just let that word settle in for a second. Fluffies. You know, I, I can't wait for a Republican to scream about, do you know what's in these, these kids' classrooms today? Fluffies. They would likely die without their mother. Uh, okay. Uh, that, that, that story went south around me really quick. Let's go back to the fluffies is a fun yeah, term. Fluffies and then. And then now the they're going to die without mom. If they weren't returned, attempts to locate Patton have been unsuccessful. The victim says Patton posted a photo of the puppies on his Facebook page and talked about hustling for money. The complaint says, dear God, are you stupid? Um... She also informed investigators that her brother had made contact with Patton, and Patton alleged she stole. He said he stole the dogs because she owed him twenty k, 
and that she should stop sharing his photo because he is a dangerous person. Oh, that, that, that won't be admissible in court at all. The owner of the dogs allegedly posted photos of Patton on Facebook after the theft. If you do know where Patton is with the dogs, call the cops. This guy sounds like a thug. He's dumb as a brick. Let's be honest about it. And and what? why this is not the first puppy stealing? Stop it. I, does anyone think that this guy is taking care of these puppies as they need to be taken care of? Of course not. Uh, anyway, uh, so if you know where this guy is with the dogs, please contact the authorities. Thank you very much. 952-946-6205. Speaking of contacting the authorities, uh, on a much more serious story here, family members joined the Minnesota State Patrol and the Mille Lacs County Sheriff's Office on Wednesday to announce a $10,000 rewards in hopes the money will lead to the discovery of the driver who hit and killed a longtime family doctor one month ago. The hit-and-run crash occurred about 4.50 p.m. on November 13th on northbound Highway 169, about halfway between Vinland and uh, Onamia, near the southern shore of Lake Mille Lacs, while Kathy Ann Donovan, 56, and her dogs were out for a walk. Donovan died at the scene. One of her dogs did not survive the crash. The other was not hurt, the sheriff's office said. Donovan was a doctor for the past 27 years in Onamia with Mille Lacs Health Systems, where she served as vice chief of staff for the health system as medical director of the clinics. Mom was the best thing that ever happened to me. Donovan's 23-year-old son, Shan Donovan, said during a news conference in St. Paul announcing the reward. I started out my life at a little bit of a disadvantage. He said, he said explaining that he was born in China with one arm abandoned as a one-year-old and placed in an orphanage with thousands of other kids. And so if you know anything about this, the news story, and I'll post the news story on the social media pages a little bit later on, uh, it does have a picture of the vehicle, uh, I think probably taken from either a security cam or a doorbell cam. If you know who this vehicle is, if you know this person, contact the authorities. This person killed someone with their car. And, you know, it's obviously this is there. there is a dramatic impact that needs to be um, addressed here. Absolutely. 952-946-6205, 952-946-6205. Finally, another story before I go into break. And this is something that is really starting to concern me. Racism being perpetrated by kids in rural Minnesota schools. The latest example of this, Dover, Iota, Community members gathered Tuesday evening to discuss an alleged racially motivated incident at the Dover Iota, uh, Iota School District. On November 27th, school leaders reported a high school student allegedly receiving a note targeting the student's race. This raised social media attention. KTTC sent multiple requests to Dover Iota's superintendent, Jeremy Fry, for a follow-up reporting regarding the incident but not, had not received any response. Dover Iota Diversity, Equity, Inclusion Community Council organized Tuesday's gathering. Although the community council has formed before the incident, community members say it highlights the need for open dialogue about such issues. The organization said its mission is to make the Dover Iota community a welcoming place from all walks of life. Now, I bring this story up because I have consistently 
looked back to the story from a few months ago where the homecoming for Waterville, Elysian, Morristown was canceled because what can only be described is 20 to 25% of the student body participating in a racist attack on minor, a former minority student, a former minority student who, because of harassment, had already left the school, as well as also, it sounds like uh, um, a uh, LGBTQ couple was targeted as well. And then they broke into the school. And just judging from the security camera, it seemed to be 20 to 25 percent of the entire student population doing it. And by the way, there that 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 is that has been a shutdown on information on this. You have video of people racially attacking a family in the Waterville Elysian Morristown district, and they can't because I guarantee you, with the volume of people involved, it clearly was some of the probably kids from the wealthier part of town part of those towns being involved. And now they're basically doing everything in their power to sweep this under the rug. But we need to start paying attention to this because this seems to be a new trend. And there has been other cases as well where it seems like, and and this, I don't, there's a bit of speculation here and I want to be careful with this, but there is a bit of speculation here that part of this is actually parents who know if they say something to these kids or these families or the school that they will get in trouble for it. So it feels like the parents are encouraging their kids to conduct these attacks because they know the likelihood of the kid being held accountable is a lot less than the parent. It's somewhat similar to what happened up in Anoka Hennepin when they had the school board out there that was encouraging bullying. And basically you had parents tell them you can, you, as long as you don't grab them, as long as you don't physically assault them, you can say anything you want because that school board in its, in its absolutely atrocious decisions made it possible to have the, the 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 kids, the bullies more protected than the kids are getting bullied because they argument we can't stop their First Amendment rights. But First Amendment rights do not allow you to threaten other people, and that's what they were doing. And it ended up with a lot of dead kids in the Anoka Hennepin County School District and lawsuits. And then, of course, obviously, when the lawsuits started going against them, all these far-right stooges that were on that school board ran away. But the reality is, is that this seems to be, when I look around at what's going on in outstate Minnesota, this seems to be kind of the plan. Well, the parents will get in trouble if they go full racist. So we'll have the kids go full racist. And then the, either the school district it will try to sweep it under the rug or basically, you know, the, the punishment is what? A few days of detention. Uh, this is a trend, dude. This is not, you know, it'd be easy for me to sort of say, oh, this is one and done. This is a, a minor issue. No, this seems to be a much larger trend. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205 is the phone number. Let's take a break. Come on back. 
uh, liquor sales in Minnesota. We'll talk about that when we do return. It is the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950. The Progressive Voice of Minnesota, The Matt McNeil Show, 952-946-6205, 952-946-6205. Uh, our state auditor has been busy. Uh, municipal-owned liquor stores in Minnesota reached a high new water high, high water mark in 2022 with sales reaching $432.1 million. These are just at the municipally-owned liquor stores. 176 cities in the state own or operate liquor stores, while the majority of them are outside the Twin Cities. 18 are in the metro area. By the numbers, here are the top five cities ranked by gross sales in 2022, according to annual state audit it released on Wednesday. Number one is Lakeville, and it's not even close. $21.9 million in sales in Lakeville. Edina is two at 14.4, Richfield 14.2, Eden Prairie 12.1, Apple Valley are is at 10.9. Edina is in second. Edina is in second with the amount of municipal, municipal liquor store sales. If there was only someone from Edina we could call upon to chime in those. McNeil! Oh, God, it's Edina, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. It's a dying guy. <clears throat> Pardon me, I've been drinking a little bit. Uh, mm. Man serving Claude. Man serving Claude. Refill my, my my margarita mix. I need to 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 berate this peasant. Uh, oh, McNeil. What do you mean we're in second place when it comes to? <laughs> liquor sales i've been drinking since 10 a.m today lead us to say i'm a high functioning adult and doing very well a dining guy you sound like you're sloshed how dare you Ooh, this isn't me by the special export keg no these are fine high quality liqueurs and and fine vintages of of uh, um, um, wine wine ooh ooh man serving lord ooh he gave me a new straw ooh that's delightful mmm tasty tasty daddy needs his medicine a, a dyna guy I don't know if this is necessarily a good thing man I, there's, there's a lot of booze you guys are drinking in a dyna I can't believe that that's uh. You know, you're, you're not a young fella anymore, man. It's like, how dare you? How dare you? You don't realize how entertaining I can be with a little bit of liquor in me. See, people love me because when I get really, really drunk, I just drop my wallet around and everyone sees how much cash I have. And everyone's like, ooh, <laughs> like this. It's when I'm, when, when, it, 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 it's, it's the kind of thing that you can only go out there and, uh, you know, uh, you know, and, uh, Show with something like a fluffy, <laughs> my, my little fluffy puppy. <laughs> who loves who loves his daddy's drinkies, don't you? Don't you? Oh yes, Dinah guy, you truly are sloshed right now, aren't you? It's uh, miscreant, miscreant. <laughs> I am not sloshed. I am tipsy. That's what we Dinah people call it. Not like you, you chugga lugs over in these other suburbs. 
That I think is that. Yeah, yeah. It's tipsy, not not drunk anytime. Dude, who who is that? Is that one of your one of your worker bees? Oh, buzz buzz worker bee, buzz buzz. <laughs> Man serving Claude. I need a fresh one. <laughs> oh, a diner guy. I've missed you. I have not missed you. Or a fifteen thousand dollar fluffy. Well, too. Yeah, of those puppies. You could just need them all up. I'll take I'll take all of them. All of them. Oh, anywho. Uh, I am off to drink some more and enjoy my life because you know what? Municipal liquor sales, it helps the community. There you go. Thanks, Adina guy. I appreciate you being here. Uh, that's a lot of booze. I, I will say this. You are, Edina is somewhat lagging behind Lakeville. It's Ladina's at 14.4. Lakeville's basically another third more. 21.9. Is there like, that's a, that's a lot. <laughs> I guess, you know, sure. That doesn't include the private-owned liquor stores. We are a drinking culture, aren't we? We are a drink. Like I said, when I went to the, the, the Vikings game, and it's like every, you know, 20 steps, beer? It's like, no thanks. How about, how about not? How about I don't do that? Uh, uh, we'll have to have a Dyna guy back before too much longer. Native Roots Radio, I'm awake. That's coming up next. We are back tomorrow. Have a good one. Till then, see ya.